and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Friday, December the 23rd. And wherever you are, whenever you listen to this, I wish you God's joy today. Because my friends, today is a day of joy. Uh, This day we read and look at the readings um, that celebrate the incarnation of our God. And uh, my friends, this is a time for us to remember, because we can be a people that forget, and and maybe you don't, but I do. Uh, in the midst of my busy days, I can forget the the greatness and the grace and the gift, all G's, huh, of our God, uh, and and that is what we celebrate today. Uh, I also hope that wherever and whenever you listen to this, you are staying warm, because as I proclaim these readings to you. Uh, We here in Wisconsin uh, are experiencing, oh, I think we are at minus, was it minus eight this morning with a minus 35 wind chill. So I hope you are inside. I hope you get to stay inside and uh, and feel the warmth of love, of of friendship, of of, uh, spouses or family, or or just the warmth of our, the closeness of our God. Okay. So here's what we're going to do with the readings for uh, Christmas, we have five that we could choose. Now, uh, those who are longtime listeners know I'm already what I'm going to choose because I choose the Mass at Night readings, the uh, the Christmas Eve ones, because I think they're so beautiful. And um, uh, so, you know, those who watch Charlie Brown Christmas, <laughs> yep, those are the ones. So we're going to read Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 to 6. And then we're going to read out of Luke, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 to 14, okay? Now, because I already know you know these readings, in fact, you know them so well, uh, I'm going to read them out of a different translation. Uh, Those, again, who are longtime listeners know sometimes I go away from the translation we hear at the Masses, which is the New American Translation, And I read out of a translation called The Message by Eugene Peterson. And I do that simply because I think it's good for us to hear the word differently. Sometimes we can become so uh, familiar with the word that we don't hear it anymore. And sometimes I think a new translation can help jar us and open us uh, to something that is in the word that we've never heard before. So I'm going to read out of that that translation both those readings today. Uh, If you want to follow along with the NAB or in a different translation, that's wonderful. Again, Isaiah 1 through 9, or excuse me, 9, 1 through 6, and then Luke chapter 2, 1 through 14. As always, my friends, I invite you to open yourself uh, to the Word of God, because it is the Word of God that will um, move us, uh, change us, affect us, recreate us. It is the, the Word of God that brings joy and brings new life. And this word does that today. So again, looking for a word, a phrase, an idea, whatever that would be, however God speaks to you, open yourself, settle yourself, know that our God desires to be born within you through this word today. So let's break open that word. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. For those who lived in the land of deep shadow, light, sunbursts of light. 
You repopulated the nation. You expanded its joy. Oh, they're so glad in your presence. Festival joy. The joy of a great celebration, sharing rich gifts and warm greetings. The, this abuse of oppressors and cruelty of tyrants, all their whips and cudgels and curses, it's gone, done away with. A deliverance as surprising and sudden as Gideon's old victory over Midian. The boots of all those invading troops, along with their shirts soaked with innocent blood, will be piled in a heap and burn a fire that will burn for days. For a child has been born for us, the gift of a son for us. He'll take over the running of the world. His names will be Amazing Counselor, Strong God, Eternal Father, Prince of Wholeness. His ruling authority will grow, and there'll be no limits to the wholeness he brings. He'll rule from the historic David, David throne over the promised kingdom. He'll put that kingdom on a firm footing and keep it going with fair dealing and right living, beginning now and lasting always. The zeal of God of the angel armies will do this. My friends, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And now, my friends, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. About that time, Caesar Augustus ordered a census to be taken throughout the empire. This was the first census when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Everyone had to travel to their own ancestral home to be accounted for, so Joseph went down from the Galilean town of Nazareth up to Bethlehem in Judah, David's town, for the census. As a descendant of David, he had to go there. He went with Mary, his fiancée, who was pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to a son, her firstborn. She wrapped him in a blanket and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the hostel. There were sheep herders camping in the neighborhood. They had set night watches over their sheep. Suddenly, God's angels stood among them and God's glory blazed around them. They were terrified. The angel said, Don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. A Savior has just been born in David's town, a Savior who is Messiah and Master. This is what you're to look for, a baby wrapped in a blanket and lying in a manger. At once, the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises, glory to God in heavenly heights, and peace to all men and women on earth who please him. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. How can there be anything, my friends, that I would say that could increase the word of God that we just heard? Let it wash over you. Sit with it. 
chew on whatever word, whatever idea, whatever phrase, whatever uh, thought from this word comes to you. Because that, my friend, is where God is being born. That is where our God is finding new creation. That is where our God makes God's home today. I do want to say a couple of things. And, and the first is this. I think it's easy for us to romanticize what happened there that day. To, to gloss over it and think, oh, you know, how wonderful that, you know, we set up our nativity scenes and, and everything looks so beautiful and, and the creatures are, are lying down, kind of looking onto the manger and, and there's Joseph and Mary looking pious with this child in a feeding trough. Uh, and, and, you know, the hay all around, and uh, three kings coming from a distance, and the, the star over the, the stable, or, or whatever that is. And, and we can romanticize it and wonder, did, you know, as the old poems would say, uh, at midnight that night, the, the, the animals really get down on their knees and, and praise God. And, and really, there's a beauty in that idea But think about this for a moment, my friends. Think that you are Joseph and Mary and you know the time of the birth is coming. The labor pains are are happening and you are going to the innkeeper, to the hostel, as the word of God tells us today. You're asking for a place in a home and they say, no, there is no room. But somebody comes out and, and, and says, in the, in, and you know how uh, seconds be, can become hours. And, and in those seconds, after hearing that, no, you think, what am I going to do? There is no place, and yet my, this child is coming. And, and in seconds in between, somebody comes out, having overheard the conversation, saying, hey, we may have room in, in, in our barn. We may have room where we house the animals in this nearby place. And you go there, and and here's what I know. It's not only cold today in Wisconsin, but I know what barns look like here in Wisconsin. And they look like barns over in Bethlehem, I suspect. And they're filled not with kneeling animals and romantic scenes, but they're filled with smells and noises and activity and, and all kinds of chaos. And I say that not to de-romanticize, but I say that because I know my life is filled with smells and noises and all kinds of chaos and all kinds of things happening that my life, when I look back on it from a distance, can be romanticized, but not in the present. Because in the presence, in the present, excuse me, I am filled with all kinds of anxiety and I'm filled with all kinds of doubt and I'm filled with all kinds of, of how will God do this or all kinds of this is not where God is being born and this is not where God is present because it's too smelly and noisy and crazy and all of those things that are going on. And my friends, I don't know if you are similar to me, but I suspect you are. And I suspect that Barnes today were similar to how barns were then. And I suspect that barns today in Wisconsin were similar to how barns were in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. And if God is not afraid 
to be born into chaos, into activity, into busyness, into to all the smells and noises and uncertainty and anxiety of the day. If God is not, not afraid to be born into that place then, do you and I think for a moment that God would not be willing to be born into our place today? My friends, know this. Know this. Your life may seem like chaos. Your life may seem like the exact place where God does not want to be born because it is filled with all kinds of things and all kinds of places and all kinds of thoughts and all kinds of actions which certainly do not speak or proclaim or, or uh, look like God. Here's what I know. Neither do stables. Neither do barns. Neither do um, places of uh, housing animals. Feeding troughs don't look like the place for the Savior of the world. But that's precisely where God wishes to be born. God is not afraid of the chaos in your life, and he's not afraid of the chaos in mine. Brothers and sisters, that's precisely where God is born. You know, Telhard de Chardin said this years ago, you know, virtually maybe a hundred years ago, and, and he said something that, that is so beautiful, um, but necessarily wasn't embraced at the time. But, brothers and sisters, it is such good theology. It is such good uh, idea of, of who God is and what God is. But he said this, and I want to I break it open for you. But he said this, by virtue of the incarnation. So that's what we celebrate today. Remember, and forgive if I'm, I'm stepping on what I talked about last week. We don't celebrate a birth. We don't celebrate a birthday and, and merely say, happy birthday, Jesus. You're 2030 today. Happy birthday, We celebrate the incarnation. We celebrate the fact that our God does not want to stay distant from us, but that our God is imminent. Our God is everywhere. Our God is with us, and our God desires to be with us, right? That's the name that we talked about last week, Emmanuel, God with us. That that God does not desire distance, but God desires closeness. And there is nowhere, nowhere that God does not desire to be. Nowhere our God desires to be in the midst of chaos. And so tell our Deshardan to get back to that. Said by virtue of the incarnation, by the virtue of this action, by virtue of God not staying distant, by virtue of God wanting to be with us, by virtue of the incarnation, all things are sacred for those who have eyes to see. By virtue of this celebration, by virtue of God coming and drawing near Everything is sacred, including feeding troughs, including barns and stables, including donkeys and, and sheep, and hey, including places uh, where shepherds, sheep herders, uh, as our scripture said today, are out simply doing their job. By virtue of the incarnation, those people who are, are outcasts, which shepherds, of course, were, right? They were the lowest in the society. By virtue of the incarnation, sacredness, 
God's presence is there. By virtue of the incarnation, that chaos that you and I live in and feel, God is there. You know, we have a tendency, and again, maybe I'm speaking through me and you don't do this, so maybe let me let me personalize it. I have a tendency to break up the world into holiness. This this is where holiness resides, and this is where profane profanity resides. That that there are sacred things, and there are then the profane. No, no. If if Chardin is to be uh, believed, and I believe he is, um, and by the way, he was a Jesuit priest, so it's just not this you know guy. Um, if he is to be believed, all things are sacred for those who have eyes to see. That it's not, okay, God is present in, in uh, the, the, the churches, or, you know, just to use a, an example. But God is not present in the bars. God is not present uh, among my friends who, who no longer believe in God anymore. God is not present in those places, you know, uh, that I go to on my computer or the things I participate with with certain, you know, people. Uh, no, God, all things are sacred for those who have eyes to see. We simply have to look. And maybe when we're in the bars or maybe when we're on a computer, we, we forget and we don't have the eyes that look anymore. I want to use a, a poem that I've used before many times. And now this was long before Deschardins even said this. Deschardins said that in the early 20th century. Elizabeth Barrett Browning, wonderful, wonderful poet, said this, not in the early 20th century, she said this in the mid-19th century when she wrote this, but she wrote this in the, in the um, poem Aurora Lee. Uh, again, you may know this, but, but she says the exact same thing that Deschardins does it, but does it in the language of poetry. And here's what she says. Earth is crammed with heaven and every common bush afire with God, but only the one who sees takes off their shoes. The rest sit around and pluck blackberries. Let me read that again. Earth is crammed with heaven and every common bush afire with God, but only the one who takes off their sees takes off their shoes. The rest sit around and pluck blackberries. Brothers and sisters, all things are sacred for those who have eyes to see. That's what Elizabeth Barrett Browning, that's what Pierre Teilhard de Chardin invite us to. By virtue of the incarnation, God is present, Emmanuel, God with us, and it's what we celebrate. May God, and this is where I'll end, may God be born anew within us this Christmas. Not just within our world. Yes, amen. Come, Holy Spirit. God, may you be born again in what is going on in Ukraine. May you be born again in what is going on in the Middle East. May you be born again in what is happening in in the regions of Africa. May you be born again in what is happening uh, uh, with the Uyghurs or, or happening down in Southern Asia. May you be born again in all these places, yes. But Lord, may you be born again in our individual lives. May you be born into the chaos that is me and the chaos that is you. May you be born, Lord, reborn into my vision that I may have the eyes to see you in my friends who who say they don't believe in you, but yet you are present there. Because of course you are present there. (laughs) May I have the eyes to see you 
in in those moments when I am at the bar or wherever that place is, just using my example, wherever that place is that I feel like you are not, because of course you are there, because there is no place that you are not. May I have the eyes, may you be reborn in my vision, that I don't just sit around and pluck blackberries and see it as as something that that is to be consumed for me or my pleasure, but may I see your very presence in the midst of the chaos and the noise and the smells. May you be reborn, Lord, in my, in the way I hear, that I may hear your voice. May you be born again in the words that I speak. May you be born again in how I think. May you be born again in, in, the, the, the way I love. May you be born again in the movement I make. May you be born again in my limbs that, that I may use those to help build that kingdom. May you be born again in my relationships with my spouse, with my parents, with my children, with my friends. May you be born again uh, in my family. May you be born again in my church because, Lord, we need you there. May you be born again in my community. May you be born again in my, in my vision for the future. May you be born again in my present today. May you be born again in my hope. May you be born again in my ego and in my arrogance. May you be born again in my fears. May you be born again in my insecurities. May you be born again in the masks that I wear. May you be born again, Lord, in those places of critique and judgment. May you be born again in my pride. May you be born again in who you invite me to be. May you be born again, Lord, in all things. There is no place, Lord, you desire to stay away from. By virtue of the incarnation, all things are sacred. You are present. May I have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. Come, Lord Jesus, and may we celebrate your nearness. Now may we be filled with joy this day and always. Amen. And so, my friends, let us once again pray. And we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The third joyful mystery the Incarnation, the Nativity, the birth of Christ. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. 
Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, bless you. May you be filled with joy. May Christ be born anew within you and within all things within you this day and always. Be well and God's peace.